0: Hello and welcome to On the Other Hannah. I'm Hannah Nureum. Hi, it's Hannah with another. Uh, this is a podcast I should have written first and then I didn't. Yeah, Um, I'm here to be like so vulnerable right now. And that's where a lot of my writing has just been lately. It's been in this vulnerable place. Uh, I wish I could attribute it to like a mercury retrograde or some cool astrological shit, but I can't uh I've just had a couple of months of struggle, and that's fine. I kept thinking about man, this is really hard, and I need this to be like over now. Wow, I'm so very tired of crying. I've had that, but... I'm continually brought back, first and foremost, to gratitude. Gratitude is the foundation of joy. And going through all of the things that I am grateful for has absolutely helped me, first and foremost, get through those times where I'm like, oh, cry a little, work a little, cry a little, work a little, scream, 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 cry a lot, work a little, cry a little, work a little, cry a little, little, work a little, scream, 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 cry a lot, work a little. It's, (laughs) I gotta tell ya. Uh, gratitude is what yanks me from those little pity parties and shoves me back into the now of joy and like, kind of, I think sometimes pulls me by the chain right around my neck back into the fertile soil. And I allow that as a part of my paradigm because I'm kind of hard on myself to be really honest. Um, I will, I don't like to let myself sit in things that I think are like low vibes. Uh, Crying is not one of them, but especially anger and uh, especially entertaining the lower side of myself. Um, I don't like to do that. Uh, I've moved from, I used to be a really judgmental person. I used to be the kind of person scrolling through social media and being judgmental. And I started really hard working on that and relationships fell apart in my life that I really, really worked on that. And that was a couple of years ago. And then I noticed myself slipping back. I'm outside guys. There's a car. I'm already sorry. Um, I would find myself kind of leading back into that. And then I was challenged very hard in my present life to, do it more than in the the small little actions of scrolling through my newsfeed into the micro actions of, ah, bitch, now you got your feelings hurt. So what are you going to do about that? And how are you going to respond? And what voices are you going to let sit in your life, and your mind? Now that you have to do this, when there's a lot of your own emotions on the line, it's really fun. It's not fun. It's so not fun. And so looking at anger, I had been continually trying to just dismiss my anger and be like, Nope, I don't entertain those thoughts. Uh, I'm very disciplined in that. Like I'd allow myself like one or two minutes of just like, I could do many angry things. And then, uh, returning to like, Oh yeah, but I know exactly how I'd feel after that. And I don't want to do any of those angry things. Um, Cause I know that my anger is a temporary emotion, but I kept really wanting to like shove it down, dismiss it, not go into places of anger, uh, because I was really afraid that my anger would leave me petty. And I had to also examine my standard of perfection, which is ridiculous. Um, that somehow I would then be imperfect if I got angry and furthermore, unworthy of any love. See how fucking deep and dark and terrible that is. <laughs> Uh, I was talking on TikTok. I have a TikTok now and you can follow me there. Or if you're from TikTok coming here, many thanks, my dudes. But I I would be so afraid to fall and do anything that would make me further unworthy of love when I recognized that my fucking base foundation was thinking I was unworthy of love. And I was like, wow, my self-love is beyond the basement. Fuck. Is it at bedrock? How much farther can I go? This seems bad. So, uh, a friend of mine shared something, and I was like, uh, so often lately, Spirit has just been literally kicking me in the face. No, no. The, apparently I don't get the subtle messages. The subtle messages I do not receive. I can only be brought to the very obvious. So, <laughs> Spirit's like, bam!" And a friend of mine shared something about how anger is your response when you feel abused when you feel broken when you feel hurt and you're angry about it that anger is the part of you that loves you and it's like i don't deserve this and i will want to squish and squash that down because i will think it is wrong but i will want to grab at anything that i feel is further making me unworthy and just stomp on that really hard and then i realized if i foundationally don't love myself If my ability to meet myself in a good place is so far in the basement that I think I'm foundationally unworthy, how am I, when I'm stomping on anything that I think is imperfection, aren't I then just stomping on myself? And if that's true, what am I allowing to happen if I'm stomping on me? Who else am I letting just run me over? And after months, hilariously, of my horoscope being like, you have foundational trauma, and you should do something about it. It finally dawns on me. Oh. Because I had been asking and begging and crying at the universe, like, I need to love myself better, and I don't know how, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong to fix this, and I can't afford therapy. So. <laughs> uh, I cheated, in many ways, because my mother is a therapist and I will bounce things off her frequently. But I, I really had to dig in. And as often happens with me, I will be very resistant to working on things to moving through things, anything that means I have to set boundaries on if I have to set boundaries on them and then keep them. Uh, I am so resistant I'll be like, oh, maybe a little squishy here. And maybe like a little squishy here. I will not set hard boundaries and lines. I'm bad at that. And then sometimes I'm not great at respecting other people's hard lines. And so it becomes a mess. I'll try really, really hard. I've had some friends I've made to be like, wow, boundaries are just really important to you. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Um, (laughs) And that tells me that I'm getting better at communicating them. Uh, and that's encouraging. But very often in my relationships with people, I've been like, "No boundary here, and no boundary here, and it's fine because I want you to love me so much that if you don't love me, I will fall apart," and <laughs> it just goes wrong. And I'll be in spirit will be like, "You shouldn't be doing this." Spirit will be looking at me like, you, "You, you shouldn't be doing this. You, I need you shouldn't be. I'm telling you, you shouldn't be doing this." And I'll be like, "No, everything is fine because I am loved. It's just." And so finally, things will fall apart. That's the natural consequence of relationships where boundaries aren't cultivated in the way they should be. And so every time that happens, spirits like, ah, look at you struggling with the consequences of your own actions. (laughs) And I'll be like, no, it hurts. It hurts me so bad. And I'm so sad about it. And Spirit's like, I know. I know. I know you're so sad. I know. And I'm here for you. Because you're worthy. And I know you think you're not. So I'm gonna remind you that again. You're worthy. Just the way you are. You don't have to panic about it. And it's very encouraging because when you're in a vulnerable place and I just think I need a hug uh, and Spear gives you that hug. It's like, Oh, thank you. I forgot. I thought I wasn't worthy of hugs. And at the same time, gently, but firmly going, this happened cause, and it reminds me of my father and I'm going to do a podcast soon. Um, really digging into that relationship, but I wanted to put distance from, the pain of that occurring before I talked about it. I've written a lot about it and I'll get there with y'all. It'll be a cool story. But for right now, uh, my dad has not always been a calming and loving spirit. And it, he exhibited something recently that's so reflective of what spirit was telling me that it was profound. And so my dad is not a great comforter. He's, he's a lot worse than just, oh, they're there. Like he's not good. (laughs) Displays of emotions that aren't his own are problematic for him. He just kind of like, doesn't know what to do. He will always fumble the bag. And so we cohabitate. Um, I am disabled. My dad is disabled. And so, um, we all kind of work together in this collective way. It's really neat. Um, But he, there's, when you cohabitate, you figure out when somebody else is not okay. So my dad saw me crying and he was like, baby, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Like, I could just kind of hear the like slight panic there. Like, um, I was like, my feelings got hurt. And he just gave me a big hug and gently told me, he goes, honey, you've been here before. And I was like. (laughs) <laughs> um, but it was gently loving and reassuring. I was worthy of a hug. I was worthy of love, um, with that firm reminder that you've been here before, you know what to do. You're going to be okay. Um, you know how to deal with this. It's going to hurt. You'll, you, you know, did didn't you expect that? Um, <laughs> And so I'm not used to loving corrections <laughs> um, and that speaks a lot to the way my own self-criticism is, but I i am not great at that. I'm very good at like, bitch, you stupid. <laughs> um, and when I'm at my most vulnerable, it's, it's even very hard for me to go into like positive self-talk that's comforting. And So seeing that externally gave me that picture of what spirit has been trying to tell me. And so I try not to get validation from other sources that aren't myself. So I didn't want to look to my dad as a validating force um, because (laughs) there's drama in that relationship, but also because it needs to be up to me to validate myself. But what was comforting about that is, A, when someone gives you a hug when you're sad, that's like going kind of bare minimum. <laughs> but it can be really helpful. We, it's good to be hugged when you're sad. And so I will often be in such a like trauma driven place that I will think when I'm sad, the only thing I'm worthy of is hiding in shame. And so being extended that. I would hide in shame to spirit. I would just be like, I can't talk to you guys because I know that everything that is terrible is my fault, which is hilarious because that's very egotistical. That's a very alcoholic, uh, bipolar mindset that I have, uh, which is so egotistical as to think that everything is your fault. It's high ego, low self-esteem. It's a particular kind of brain programming that is not just isolated to me. (laughs) And a lot of people can be found in that. And so, immediately, Spirit had to like make me come correct. Spirit has also been getting on me. Because I often will interpret their messages as a little bit hard. I don't generally miss the love. I can tell a negative message from a positive one. But usually when I am interpreting and presenting that message out loud, like bitch is a common precursor. (laughs) Like bitch stop. Or bitch I love you. Like it's just it's very hard. And spirit was like can you just get it through your thick ass noggin that I am going to give you messages and I love you. (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) Sidebar. I think this is funny. Any other moms can relate. I am trying to record this podcast while outside. And my children are also outside. You may hear them in the background. I've got a couple of kids. And I was like, guys, please move to a different part of the yard. And they moved three inches. (laughs) I'm like, guys, different part of the yard, please. And they're like, two feet over. (laughs) Finally, I'm like, please go to the back yard. That... Is exactly how spirit is to give me messages. Spirit looks at me like their child. And it's just like, no, 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 no. Duh! <laughs> it was neat to see that immediately just manifested in my children. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay not to listen the first time, it's okay to fuck it up. Your humanity is not required to be perfect. And that is a lesson that I frequently have to return to. The, it is not always about you, because your inner bullshit, that's about you. But anybody else in any other relationship that is going on, foundationally, not about you. So you can examine and overanalyze whatever you did wrong. Um, I mean, fine, that's good. But I can get self-indulgent In inner criticism that leads to a pity party that goes to a dark place. And I've kind of had enough of living like that in my life forever. So, story time. Uh, yes, I've been going through this for a couple of months. And I've journaled things and written stuff down and just been like deep in my process. Uh, which is good. But I've been very dealing. (laughs) And yesterday, I was in just such a low place. Um... I kept crying, and I was like, "We like to stop crying now. Uh, so, eventually I was like, I think this is only going to happen if I just purge through it, and just sit there with my feelings. I was like, okay, fuck it. So I got my shit, got in my car, and I went to my grandparents' grave. Because I am, at my core, a necromancer. And I find comfort in my dead people, because they were once alive, and I loved them. And... Miss them. So I went to their grave, had a little candle, and I lit it and had a little blanket and I stretched out and sobbed. (laughs) Which, in my favorite cemetery, there's a lot of like hills and, and beautifulness, and I talk about that place on my TikTok. But the cemetery where my grandparents are buried is the least private cemetery I've ever been in. It is near a Walmart, and all of the headstones are flat. And so there's just not a lot of, like, places to be private in with your grief. And then there just kept, people just kept coming. At one point, there were people walking the cemetery for exercise. And I was like, come on. <laughs> I just need to be sad here. And so I was just going through and purging my feelings and telling them how sad I was. And that I go there often when I'm suicidal. And that was where I was I was feeling quite suicidal yesterday. That is a, um, common emotional, uh, trigger. It's part of my programming, uh, since I was a very, very, very small child. Um, and this probably can stem from childhood sex abuse and poor genetics, but I, um, my, my initial response to things that make me feel intense grief, is to to like get suicidal. And I've worked very hard as an adult to eliminate the time space between that initial trigger, the feeling of suicidal ideation and getting through it. I can't seem to stop that it's the knee jerk response, but I have been able to really eliminate how long I stay in that place. And I frequently will go to my grandparents it's the it's the physical taglock of their bodies that's the earth where they rest in and even though I know they are with me all the time uh going there is a safe place and so i've I've gone there frequently when I felt suicidal and I will always be reminded of like here are all the reasons you have to live uh, but I'm gonna sit here with your feelings so i I did the sad thing and Uh, got out my cards. I am a tarot reader uh, and an oracle card reader. I had brought out um, an oracle deck called Dark Mirror, which is all about inner shadow work. And it's a great deck for trying to do inner shadow work. I love it. And the initial images can be very uh, challenging. Uh, There's cards on addiction. There's cards on revenge. There's cards on hiding yourself. It's it can be hard to receive that. And then you get into the booklet and what they have written about those cards is so healing and challenging. I, Coming from the evangelical background that I come from, I'm kind of rambling, sorry. I didn't write this before, guys. Coming from the evangelical background that I come from, I always liked challenging spirituality. One of the things I loved about my childhood preacher is he frequently Uh, challenged my spiritual growth to get stronger. He would talk about gossip. He would talk about offense. He would talk about essentially shadow working in the premise of Christianity. I like shit with meat. And what I like about that book is I have found so much meat that challenges me within its pages that I really like going through it. So I had been to my grandparents, I'm like, I'm just talking to you guys because like when I'm in a cemetery, if I'm doing a reading, I I get real specific on this is who I'm talking to and just them. That may be an unnecessary precaution, but it's one I take. So I was like, you know, please, these are my cards. Can you just give me some encouragement? I'm really not great today. So the very first card that popped out of the deck knocked my face off. And I put an overview of this card on the Wisdom Tree Tarot page. I'm going to put an overview of this card on the Erzbet underscore Nariam underscore Instagram page. I will put uh, how to, I'll put the links or the ads in the description of this podcast. Um, but I talk about this card that hit me and knocked my, my teeth in. And it was called Sacrifice. And I was like, Excuse me, bitch, what? Um, I was like, no, I am feeling crappy. The last thing I want to hear is about sacrifice right now. The fuck you mean? And so I went into the booklet cause I was like, I don't, I don't like what I interpret from this. And it was all about, so each card has like a grief stage attached to it. And this particular card's grief stage was anger. And I'm like, well, that's on brand. And it was also, uh, it has some like statements and things attached to it. But the final thing was about the triumph of sacrifice. It is screaming out loud. I exist. I make the difference. And which can speak to my ego in a nice way. And it also says, um, you know, we are accepting the price to pay. And our tears and blood are the currency. But it gives us the right to stand tall. And I was like, whoa, that's some love. That's some love that spirit was giving me that I did not expect to have, um, that was a validation that I did not expect to receive. And it, if the card goes on, I'll look it up. It's cool. And it, it validates that, you know, you're hurt right now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, and it remind. it brought me back and in, in delving through this with a friend. We were talking about, um, our healing processes And I was like, oh, I'm so brought back to unconditional love. And I hadn't been thinking about unconditional love. And I used to think about it a lot. (laughs) I think I started to take it fucking for granted. Uh, I think I got used to it. Um, My husband loves me unconditionally in a very profound way, y'all. That I think had allowed me to, to take it for granted. And that's just terrible. Um... I can be messy and he, he will always forgive me and love me in this beautiful and profound way. And it's, it's been really healing. It's a great thing. Blah, blah, blah. But I was thinking about unconditional love when I was going through this, I'm hurt. My feelings are sad. And it was, honey, didn't you say you loved XYZ unconditionally? Yeah. Well, don't you remember the contract that is unconditional love? Oh, no. Unconditional love says, I give you the right, more than just the permission. I give you the right to hurt me. I open myself up to that possibility and say that you have that right because I love you. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like, right. That is what that means fuck. (laughs) It's like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a parable. Um, and I can't tell you what nation the parable is from, but it is about when someone comes into your house, if they admire something, you should give it to them. It's about not having too much pride or too much attachments to physical things that if someone genuinely admires something, you should give it to them. The second part of that parable is, well, like, you know, what if, what if somebody takes advantage of that? Yeah, you be careful who you let into your cabin. And I was like, Oh, fuck. Unconditional love is a lot like that. It is letting someone in. You have to be careful who you let into your cabin. And extend that love to you. But if you're going to do that, then you have to fucking follow through. (laughs) And so what spirit was challenging me the most on is my unconditional love. So my anger is the validating love of self that says, you got hurt. Acknowledge that. But unconditional love says, yes, I got hurt. I acknowledge that. But I'm not going to To sit in a space of closed offness, a place of unforgiveness, um, a place of pettiness, Um, I'm going to allow, because I kept going like, what boundaries must I set now? How do I fix this? (laughs) Uh, Just to have peace? What do I do? And I I kept searching for it. And Spirit was like, "What, what does unconditional love mean to you? oh yeah. So are you going to live that out or, you know, no. And so here's the thing. Anybody can rescind their boundaries to anything at any time. I don't want to say or advocate that anyone needs to compromise their boundaries. That's not what I'm saying. And I think that this could be easily misconstrued as that. I am not advocating for compromising whatever you need to do to be safe, to have healing, to whatever, whatever you're about. You don't even have to have, like, I don't need to know the reason your boundaries exist. Like they can just exist in them of themselves and be completely valid. You can say, I can love this person unconditionally and still no longer allow them access to me. That is valid. Um, I feel like when I talk about boundaries and I talk about unconditional love, it can be very misconstrued. And that's not, that's not the move. It, it is defined how you define it for yourself. I know what my personal integrity defines that as. And the challenge is, do do I want to live up to that? Do I need to reframe what it is? And how do I look at that so that I can move forward and have healing? That's the whole fucking enchilada. It's, what does this look like to have healing, and it took me getting through being mad and then sad I'm working through my anger and and digging deep into myself to figure even out what the root question was and so maybe just maybe you need help figuring out what your root question is, and that's the whole point of this friggin podcast, but also it's my space and I'm going to talk about my shit. So that too. So I frequently sit in challenge of, am I really loving myself? Am I doing that? And how does that look? And am I really validating myself? And if I can answer those questions and feel good about the answers, then I'm in an okay place. And if you're not feeling good about those answers, you have a direction on where you need to go to work on it. Frequently, my foundational wound is checking my ego while addressing my self-love. Building up my self-esteem while keeping my ego in place. And <laughs> I kept like trying to figure out my purpose and trying to wind my way around that. So they didn't have to go find the nugget and deal <laughs> as one does. So I want to encourage you if you're feeling like I was feeling yesterday, um, because it's, it's okay to not be okay, man. And so often there is pressure from many internal and external forces that says you have to be happy. You have to be blah. You have to be this. You need to measure up here and here and here and here. No, you don't. You're okay. And if you're listening to this, many thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate the space to talk about my own shit. Peace. This is On the Other Hannah.